Hello, hello, Mr. E fans. Today we're going to be doing a wonderful Bible study starting with Genesis and we'll see how far we get. We're going to start with Genesis 1 and hopefully get to Genesis 3. And Mr. E has been gracious to start this Bible study with me to kind of showcase what's going on in the world and how God's word relates to everything that you know that's been happening, all the stuff that we're always mesmerized with. And in fact, a lot of this transvestigation stuff that you've seen in his channel, it starts of it right in Genesis where God said he created both male and female and you know all that stuff that's happening and all the stuff that Mr. E's uh, talked about so we're going to showcase exactly what God says so you know the truth and hopefully uh, we'll be able to get through a lot of the Bible study with Mr. E and then after that I'm going to continue with the series to try to cover as much as the Bible as I can so I'm really happy to um, bring back Mr. E. Hi Mr. E. Hi. Thanks for having Hi. me. Thank you. So I'm really excited about this Bible study. We talked about a lot about how Genesis and one and, and hopefully we'll get through more. But I really want your take on how you interpret what God is saying. And I picked out a couple of videos. Um, I was going to start with one of them, uh, George Carlin, just to kind of give you a contrast of how he thinks and the world thinks compared to what God is actually saying. So this is George Carlin's, I think it's an old clip on what his take on God is and why he doesn't believe. But he says a lot of things that were kind of interesting. Oh, I got to warn you. There is some <laughs> in here. But in the bullshit department, in the bullshit department, a businessman can't hold a candle to a clergyman. Because I got to tell you the truth, folks. I got to tell you the truth. When it comes to bullshit, big time, major league bullshit, you have to stand in awe in awe of the all-time champion of false promises and exaggerated claims, religion. No contest. No contest. Religion. Religion easily has the greatest bullshit story ever told. Think about it. Religion has actually convinced people that there's an invisible man living in the sky who watches everything you do every minute of every day. And the invisible man has a special list of ten things he does not want you to do. And if you do any of these ten things, he has a special place full of fire and smoke and burning and torture and anguish where he will send you to live and suffer and burn and choke and scream and cry forever and ever till the end of time. But he loves you. He loves you. He loves you and he needs money. He always needs money. He's all powerful, all perfect, all knowing, and all wise. Somehow, just can't handle money. Religion takes in billions of dollars, they pay no taxes, and they always need a little more. Now, you talk about a good bullshit story. Holy shit. Thank you very much. But I want you to know, I want you to know something. This is sincere. I want you to know, when it comes to believing in God, I really tried. I really, really tried. I tried to believe that there is a God who created each of us in his own image and likeness, loves us very much, and keeps a close eye on things. I really tried to believe that, but I gotta tell you, the longer you live, the more you look around, the more you realize something is fucked up. Something is wrong here. War, disease, death, destruction, hunger, filth, poverty, torture, crime, corruption, and the ice capades. Something is definitely wrong. This is not good work. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Results like these do not belong in the resume of a supreme being. This is the kind of shit you'd expect from an office temp with a bad attitude. And just between you and me, in between you and me, in any decently run universe, this guy would have been out on his all-powerful ass a long time ago. And by the way, I say this guy because I firmly believe, looking at these results, that if there is a God, it has to be a man. No woman could or would ever fuck things up like this. So, 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 good. 
if, if there is a God, if there is, I think most reasonable people might agree that he's at least incompetent and maybe, just maybe, doesn't give a shit. Doesn't give a shit, which I admire in a person and which would explain a lot of these bad results. So rather than be just another mindless religious robot, mindlessly and aimlessly and blindly believing that all of this is in the hands of some spooky incompetent father figure who doesn't give a shit, I decided to look around for something else to worship. Something I could really count on. And immediately, I thought of the sun. Happened like that. Overnight, I became a sun worshiper. Well, not overnight, you can't see the sun at night. First thing the next morning, I became a sun worshiper. Several reasons. First of all, I can see the sun, okay? <laughs> yeah. Unlike some other gods I could mention, I can actually see the sun. I'm big on that. If I can see something, I don't know, kind of helps the credibility along, you know? So every day I can see the sun as it gives me everything I need. Heat, light, food, flowers in the park, reflections on the lake, and occasional skin cancer, but hey, at least there are no crucifixions, and we're not setting people on fire simply because they don't agree with us. Sun worship is fairly simple. There's no mystery, no miracles, no pageantry, no one asks for money, there are no songs to learn, and we don't have a special building where we all gather once a week to compare clothing. And the best thing, the best thing about the sun, it never tells me I'm unworthy. It doesn't tell me I'm a bad person who needs to be saved, hasn't said an unkind word, treats me fine. So, I worship the sun, but I don't pray to the sun. Know why? I wouldn't presume on our friendship. It's not polite. I've often thought people treat God rather rudely, don't you? Asking you know, trillions and trillions of prayers every day, asking and pleading and begging for favors, do this, give me that, I need a new car, I want a better job. And most of this praying takes place on Sunday, his day off. It's not nice, and it's no way to treat a friend. But people do pray, and they pray for a lot of different things. You know, your sister needs an operation on her crotch. Your, your brother was arrested for defecating in a mall. But most of all, you'd really like to fuck that hot little redhead down at the convenience store. You know, the one with the eye patch and the club foot, huh? Can you pray for that? I think you'd have to. And I say, fine, pray for anything you want. Pray for anything. But what about the divine plan? Remember that? The divine plan. Long time ago, God made a divine plan. Gave it a lot of thought, decided it was a good plan, put it into practice. And for billions and billions of years, the divine plan has been doing just fine. Now you come along and pray for something. Well, suppose the thing you want isn't in God's divine plan. What do you want him to do? Change his plan? Just for you? Then it seem a little arrogant? It's a divine plan. What's the use of being God if every rundown schmuck with a $2 prayer book can come along and fuck up your plan? <laughs> And here's something else, another problem you might have. Suppose your prayers aren't answered. What do you say? Well, it's God's will. Thy will be done. Fine. But if it's God's will, he's going to do what he wants to anyway. Why the fuck bother praying in the first place? Seems like a big waste of time to me. Couldn't you just skip the praying part and go right to his will? It's all very confusing. So to get around a lot of this, I decided to worship the sun. But as I said, I don't pray to the sun. You know who I pray to? Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Two reasons. First of all, I think he's a good actor, okay? To me, that counts. Second, he looks like a guy who can get things done. Joe Pesci doesn't fuck around. Doesn't fuck around. In fact, in fact, Joe Pesci came through on a couple of things that God was having trouble with. For years, I asked God to do something about my noisy neighbor with the barking dog. Joe Pesci straightened that cocksucker out with one visit. It's amazing what you can accomplish with a simple baseball bat. So I've been praying to Joe for about a year now. And I noticed something. I noticed that all the prayers I used to offer to God and all the prayers I now offer to Joe Pesci are being answered at about the same 50% rate. Half the time I get what I want, half the time I don't. Same as God, 50-50. Same as the four-leaf clover in the horseshoe, the wishing well in the rabbit's foot, same as the mojo man, same as the voodoo lady who tells you your fortune by squeezing the goat's testicles. It's all the same, 50-50. So just pick your superstitions, sit back, make a wish, and enjoy yourself. And for those of you who look to the Bible for moral uh, lessons and literary qualities, I might suggest a couple of other stories for you. Uh, you might want to look at The Three Little Pigs. That's a good one. That's a nice, happy ending. I'm sure you'll like that. Then there's Little Red Riding Hood, although it does have that X-rated part where the big bad wolf actually eats the grandmother, which I didn't care for, by the way. 
And finally, I've often always drawn a great deal of moral comfort from Humpty Dumpty. The part I like the best, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. That's because there is no Humpty Dumpty and there is no God. None, not one, no God, never was. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it this way. If there is a God, if there is a God, may he strike this audience dead. See, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Everybody's okay. All right. Tell you what. Tell you what. I'll raise the stakes. I'll raise the stakes a little bit. If there is a God, may he strike me dead. See, nothing happened. Oh, wait, got a little cramp in my leg. And my balls hurt. Plus, I'm blind. I'm blind. Oh, now I'm okay again. Must have been Joe Pesci, huh? God bless Joe Pesci. Thank you all very much. Basically, his take on God, and he's very crude about it, right? Like, he covered a mm. lot of things about creation, about Jesus, about praying, and sun worshiping he's like he's covered just about every lie that's out there in his skit i thought it'd be good pretty good contrast now to actually start with genesis one and see how what god thinks of all his stuff yeah i mean i mean um i mean i used to think a lot like that you know when i was growing up teenager and a lot of people do and some people uh Something, some people remain like that their whole lives. Some people uh, don't. You just got to wonder, like, if this guy read Genesis 1, you know, I guess it wouldn't make any impact on him. And he's, he passed away in 2008, I believe. It's kind of too late for him to uh, change his views. You never know if he uh, changed his mind later on in life or not. But uh, No, yeah. but we do know what he told the world, you know, and he's not yeah. alone in that thinking. When I try to tell people about God, a lot of them have that similar thoughts, like what yeah. you expressed. So it's hard to kind of tell, like, you know, why should we believe in God? Who is God? Is that really how God has presented himself? I mean, I'm, in a way, like he's just in chapter one alone, he's kind of establishing himself and what he did. Even if anyone yeah. had read up to chapter one, I think that kind of, dispels a lot of the you know, stuff that's out there being told just about an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're kind of brand, you know, we're kind of born into this world uh, that I don't know what, what you'd call it. Uh, some people call it like a, the modern day paganism yeah. or atheism or something. And uh, no, that clip really described uh, the way the world thinks. And um, you know, the answers to all his questions are in the Bible. You know, you do have to kind of, uh, there's there's something with the heart, you know, sometimes your heart has to be ready to accept these things and to listen and uh, a bit of humility. You know, that's one thing you don't see from that guy there. He's a funny guy, you know, he's a, he's a intelligent, funny person in general, I think. And um, the thing is, I'm not sure how much humility is there. And, um, you know, he's talking about the world and why why is the world so messed up? I mean, that's explained in Genesis 3. Exactly, right. And the promise, I mean, some people complain about, oh, how come how come this bad thing happened to me? Or what's going on? You know, how come bad things happen? Well, look at the promises. People don't believe the promises that uh, God has given us. And that, yeah, we're in a fallen state, and um, but it's not going to remain this way forever. You know, that's the thing, is the, the future promise is really quite amazing. And yeah, I think the uh, best two books, you know, really, if you couldn't read the whole thing, are Genesis and Revelation. You know, like Genesis kind oh, of... Oh, there's, there's, yeah, and, and there's, there really are connected. I'm sure we'll right. uh, discuss those two, the, the Revelation as well. Even as we look at Genesis, we can uh, 
think about other books throughout the Bible because the kind of the overall meta narrative is established by uh, by Genesis three, really, or uh, you know, to a certain extent, even in the first uh, couple of verses of the Bible, we get yeah. the whole uh, we kind of get the gist of what's going on. So let's start with. Um, do you want to? I don't know which version do you like to read. I usually use the ESV, but I'm not really, uh, you know, um, any English translation is fine, whatever. I don't know which one you like I to use. I ended up uh, using modern English version because it's the closest <laughs> one for one. I never even heard of that version. Yeah, it's <laughs> There's so many different versions. One, but they usually <laughs> keep it very close to the King James version. So I started okay. using that. Modern English. I don't know. I don't know if I have that on my screen. I can. I can. Do you, well, do you want to read it? Maybe uh, you can read it because I have it really small. I can't; it's too small for me to see. But okay. I'll, I'll still. Uh, I have my ESV kind of uh, open on my screen here. But uh, you can, you, if you want to read, do you want to just let's think about one verse at a time. If you want the first couple of verses, sure. Well, I'll, I'll keep the modern English version, and then you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, okay. That might be interesting. Okay. I like looking at different versions actually, just to see how they uh, translate things. Yeah. All right. So I'll start here. Um, so verse one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Um, you so, want to stop there? Yeah. Well, so what does that mean? Well, it seems <laughs> to kind of establish time, space, and matter. That's mm. like for all the physicists and, you know, scientists, people that kind of establish. And, you know, when I look through or listen to a lot of like scientific jargon from NASA and other places, I can see where they try to trip up people by mm -hmm. reordering some of the verses that God has put place. So right at, right off the bat, he created time, space and matter. This yeah. Second. Although I would say, I would say Genesis one, I would say this is the introduction actually. Like, like there's two different ways to look at Genesis one verse one is, is 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 this telling us God is actually like? Does the action happen in this first sentence here? Right, like kind of. Like God created the the heaven, and what is the heavens? What does that What does that mean? Shamayim uh, in Hebrew is that the sky or is that outer space? Well, it's interesting that you say that because later on it kind of defines heavens as space, but in mm, the first well, verse, it's mm. not clear if that means. <laughs> The entire universe of, I, I mean, I'm assuming since God, in the beginning, there was nothing before that, right? Beginning means. Well, it tells us what was there. It was, uh, earth was out uh, in verse two, right? Earth yeah, was without earth was form there. and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. So the deep was there. That's verse two. In the, in the, in the, in the Greek, the word is abyss. They actually, that's where we get the English word abyss from the Greek word. Abisu and, so the uh, abyss means kind of like the whole universe. I always bottomless pit. It's it means no bottom, literally, and it and also water. Where did the water come from? Right, that was my when, question too. We're not told. See, we're not told actually. I mean, I think there is a verse later on, like somewhere in the Psalms or something, where it does say God created the sea. But it, we're yeah. not. Uh, see, we're not given. See, uh, see, our modern like us today, two thousand twenty three. We want answers, right? We want facts. We want the the data. We want all the we want to know how scientifically this happened, you know. And sometimes the Bible doesn't tell us everything modern man wants to know because we want the facts so that we have the knowledge. We want to understand the mind of God, you know, in in the sense of how He did it, so that 
sometimes it's so that we can do it ourselves because ultimately you know we're in a fallen state right so we want to be gods so we want to we want to uh, tap the mind of god so that we can be god so we don't need god exactly. right that's yeah, kind that's of our cool. motivation sometimes i think is to uh get the the knowledge so that we know more than god or as much as god and then we can become god so so this yeah, is kind of written in a way that it doesn't tell us all the answers we want to know in a way right no and there's it's kind of i think it's embedded you know a lot of knowledge and understanding of people who really cuz you know the first time i read it i would not have known these deeper things i just thought okay he created the heavens and the earth and everything that's kind of what it sounded like to me but you know but where did you get that world view who put that you know what i mean nasa or all these guys and uh yeah i mean just these are just thoughts to think of but for me i think of the verse one as the intro because what happens in chapter one he, he then we get the details of how okay. he created the sky it's actually the sky we're going to see that the sky is what the heavens means shamayim and um you know basically the you know things above us but it talks about the birds flying um you know it talks about the it actually tells us when he created the sky and then he tells us how he created the earth. So like these heavens and earth, chapter one tells us the details of those two things. And that's really what chapter one's about. So I think this is like, it's like once upon a time, you know, exactly. once upon a time, God created the sky and the earth. Do you think this dispels the Big Bang Theory where they said it just kind of earth, everything came into existence, not with God, but, you know, on its own explosion that somehow everything went into place. I actually think this, the whole, the entire chapter, as we read through it, will actually show that it couldn't possibly have come the way they're telling, teaching us in school that, you know, everything came out of nothing with the Big Bang, and then everything had an order, because, you know, God talks about putting all entire cosmos in a structure, and having times and season, like he established all the laws of the universe where the big bang is just kind of something that happened and created life by accident kind of theory right yeah that's i mean there are many it's a, that's the kind of the what, what people call the scientism creation story you know the the pagans had a creation stories you know like everyone has a creation story you kind of need that right cuz yeah. you know at some point your child is going to ask you where did the world begin you know all this kind of stuff so everyone has a creation story and that's kind of modern man's creation story. And it doesn't involve a, it's like a godless creation story. Even, even the pagans had their gods created in the world, actually. But uh, nowadays, there there are no gods who created the world. The, the world just, you know, it was almost like a big uh, accident or something. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a story that they tell us. And then people choose to believe it because they don't want, they don't want a god. Then they can, we can do whatever we want. Yeah, and then exactly. there's no sin. There's no sin. There's no judgment. It's wonderful, right? <laughs> That's what people want. The people want to hear the lies. That's the lie of the serpent right there. Yeah. The Big Bang Theory and NASA has the forked tongue symbol. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, they're giving us. It's it's a, In fact, well, that's Genesis 3, but they're telling us the same lie over and over and over again. It's It's Adam and Eve all over again every day always and uh, yeah. people keep falling for it people keep falling for it that the lie is that you can be you can died. be like uh, you can be like a god and you can decide what's good and evil yourself yeah. don't obey god don't obey the creator of this world and the creator of humanity see 
we were created by God, right? We didn't create yeah. ourselves. And, um, you know, we want to just do our own thing and uh, without God. But God created everything. That's that's the thing. That's a huge jump. That's like a, a like a cavern that people people can't cross that that river of uh, faith, you know. And uh, yeah, if you can't cross that river that God yeah. created everything, then you kind of already failed the test for the rest of the book. Yeah, it, it it is kind of a test too. That's a good good way of putting it. Yeah, um, and there's so many different theories about. Like a lot of people think that okay, God created the world, but then in verse two, now the world's kind of not there anymore. So that you know they have call it the gap theory, and it's just it's just ridiculous, really. There's so, and it's actually from comes from Judaism, comes from Judaism. Or um, so yeah. So verse one, just the introduction, and then we're going to see another introduction in, in uh, chapter two, verse four, where it right. begins so the, the story I, of humanity. The way I read uh, just the verse one and two is that one he established that he created all of the earth and the heavens, but then he says the earth was formless and void that he actually had to shape it and i think later on he talks about putting in uh the topography of the entire planet you know like separating the waters mm. the earth yeah dry land and so on yeah. so let me read one through five and let's see if we covered most of it uh so in the beginning god created heavens and the earth the earth was formless and void darkness was the surface of the deep and the spirit of god was moving over the surface of the water. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. The other thing that I was noticing that, you know, I don't know what your view on this is, but that, you know, how people would say that we existed for millions and millions of years, like Earth itself and everything existed yeah. and we evolved, you know, over millions of years. But then he's saying he's establishing a single day from evening to morning. Do you take that as a literal day or something else? Yeah, I mean, the question is, what is a day? Because the, um, the sun was, uh, it was, day, it was a day four. The sun's created on day four. Yeah. So there's no sun yet. And there's, but, but yet there's light. There's light with no sun and um, there's day and night. So I think what this might be, I mean, some theories are that, uh, you know, the, the original audience of Genesis, this is, you know, the ancient Hebrew world, you know, and um, in their world, all the pagan gods had their creation stories and they're, they're different. You know, and they worshipped the sun and the moon and the stars as gods, basically. And here you have um, you have God creating light before the sun even existed, and God creates the sun on day four. So it kind of diminishes the importance of well, it puts the everything in creation in its place that everything was created by God, right? Um, by this God, you know, by Yahweh, and. Um, as opposed to what everyone believed at that time. Because even back then, most people believed kind of like George Carlin, yeah. you know, although He's they had their own gods and their own ex explanations for things. Uh, he seems like a complete atheist for the most part. And I guess in the ancient world, they didn't really have atheists. They had uh, 
pagans they had their gods and stuff and they had creation stories and uh um, was kind of relaying the whole pagan worship thing because he that's well then he, yeah he came back sun. to the sun yeah, yeah yeah so he's he said i can see the sun so i believe in it right right <laughs> that was funny well here so, the sun's created on day four by god so who created the sun george <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's the lie that's been told for centuries. And I think it all yeah. comes back to this pagan religion where they have to say it, have to like market it as as the, you know, opposing God, the real God, and then coming yeah. up with their own version of it. And it yeah. also said he separated light from darkness. So he, it, it kind of seems like, you know, before he even created light, he hung out in the dark like that. Yeah, there was this abyss, the deep. So the the deep, the abyss, and um, you know, it just seems like this bad because their creation was good. And in fact, some scholars have said uh, this is the first act of salvation history. It's like an act of salvation to create this life, creating life, and creating a world for life to live in, um, uh, where there was nothing. It was it was like death. It was just darkness and death. There was no life. It was anti-life. Uh, it was just a real dark, evil place. It's, it seems like, uh, you know, so um, void you without form and void. What did God do in darkness all by himself before he did all this? Like, that we're not told. Really we're not told. You understand, you know, like, uh, well, actually, he wasn't by himself because we see that, um, we're not, I don't think we're told when he created the angels and the spiritual entity, you know, the spiritual beings, sometimes called the sons of God or the uh, host of heaven, you know, the, uh, the divine being. Would they have existed and, in darkness then? Because the light. We're not told, we're not told much about, because our story, see, we're humans living in this world, so that's kind of the story we get. Yeah. We're not told we're not told when he created heaven above. I believe this word heaven means the sky. Right. And um and then there sometimes it's used for heaven where God lives up there, but uh we're not really told when that was created or um we're not really told much about the creation of the water and um it's there is a connection between the the deep, you know, the abyss and the water. Like the waters are kind of the waters of chaos, you know, and that's that is kind of you can you can you can use that analogy in the Bible, even though the pagans use it as well. But it's, uh, you know, it's, it is kind of an order out of chaos type yeah. of story, which unfortunately the the you know the other people have taken that phrase and use it for themselves. But uh, really, God is the ultimate uh, creator of order out of chaos, and the chaos is evil, and that's where I think you know Satan is aligned with this chaos and this world of chaos and this whole attitude of chaos and deception. An anti-God, anti-life. So when do you um, so think he created Satan then? Before all this stuff that he's doing in one through five, or after? we're not really told. I, I don't like for me. I'm not convinced Ezekiel 28 is talking about the creation of Satan because it's it's a you know that's a whole. I mean, it's a whole show in itself, I suppose. But because uh, Ezekiel 28 is there's there's like many different people they talk about these evil rulers who thought they were gods. And it's kind of poetic and metaphorical. You know, we're just, we're not told. We're not told all the answers. And so we speculate. And then what happens, the danger of spe speculation is okay. Sometimes you have to do it. But the danger is when you think your speculative idea is a fact, then you're in trouble because it, it might not be correct, you know. And, you know, I'm some scholar, I, I was reading a book the other day and he said, he said, yeah, maybe, maybe Ezekiel 28 tells us about the creation of Satan, but it's speculative. 
you know, he's just not sure. And this is a really old Bible scholar, you know. Well, um, we do know later on that he does exist in the garden. Even he though exists. Yeah, for sure. He exists. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I, yeah, that's Genesis three. But, but what's interesting here too, in uh, verse five is that, so day is uh, day and night are, you know, two different words in Hebrew as well. So he called the light day and the darkness he called night. And that, that those two definitions are throughout the entire Bible is consistent and then what you had in the uh, in the pagan religions, including Judaism, um, somehow in their genius mind, they came up with the idea that day was night and night was day. Right. You know, like they <laughs> they believe the day begins at night. The day begins when the sun goes down. It's it's like it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no, right here in verse five, it tells you when it's light outside, that means it's daytime. It's like very simple. <laughs> yeah. But oh no, the day begins in the evening, and so we have to start the Sabbath at six p.m. It's like no, no, the day is daytime when the light when the sun's out. That's day. <laughs> it's like not it's not rocket science. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think you know where they were going is because in every verse uh, when he's establishing that first day, it always starts from evening to the morning. Um, well, it doesn't say it starts from. It doesn't say it starts. Well, but what's evening to morning? That's like what twelve hours or ten hours of time. Yeah. Um, it doesn't say it starts. It doesn't say it starts in the evening. It says there was evening. So what's happening is there was day. And then there was evening, and then there was morning. Well, it's just talking about kind of the passage of time. It's kind of, and it's at the end of every day except day seven. So it's kind of a, it's it repeats. It's like a refrain, you know. It repeats. It's uh, like if you're reading this out loud, yeah. probably the the everyone in the in the church or the synagogue would kind of uh, say it together. Probably um, there was evening after the day. You know but what I mean? Way, okay, so if we just read it, so the evening. And the morning were the first day in the morning. So, no, I, so well, your, your trans, yeah, your translation says it's, there was evening and there was morning, comma the first day, including the day. Like God called the light day. So there's day already. There's there's the twelve hours of daylight or whatever, how many hours it is, and then there's evening and morning. So basically, they're telling us there's different parts of the day. In fact, in this one verse, verse five, there's there's day, there's night. There's morning, there, there's there's day, there's night, there's evening, there's morning. So there's four parts of the day. Yeah, so this is the ESV translation. There was evening and there was morning the first day. So why did why did God want to start in the evening? Why not just say it doesn't say he started it doesn't say he started in the morning. You mean yeah, why is it it, it doesn't say he the day begins in the evening. No, but it, it kind of like he's making a point to put evening before the morning. Why do that? But they, there's day before that. The first uh, look at the first part of verse five. Called God called the light day. So there's this daylight yeah. first. The yeah. daylight first, and then after the daylight, we call the darkness night. There's, yeah, but between day and night, there's evening. It's just kind of like telling us there's between the day and night, there's evening, and then between okay. the night and day, there's morning. It's not. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's so many different. It's a bit. It's a bit ambiguous. But I think it's a mistake to assume that this is talking about the day begins in the evening because it just told us darkness is called night. So you can't have the day beginning. Day is is when it's light out. But is it safe to say this is one literal day and not thousands of years? 
for millions of years. Yeah, I mean it's it's. Uh, but again, like I said, the the sun isn't there yet. So what does it no, mean? But I think throughout the whole. So let me read for six through eight. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate waters from waters. And then God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And then there was evening and there was morning the second day. We better stop there. Um, so there's the uh, heaven again, right? Yeah. So the expanse from the waters above and the waters below is the... Uh, between the earth and the top of the sky. So that's the sky. The expanse, the birds fly in the expanse. And the expanse is called heaven, the rakia, which I, I believe means enclosed area. It's an enclosed, it's like in a room. I'm in a room right now. I'm in an expanse, you know, I, an expanse has borders. I Googled the definition of expanse and it said it was distance or like space. So distance, you know, like, Area, yeah, space. I'm in space right now, in the space of a room. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, I guess it's creating <laughs> this environment. Space, living space, exactly. Yeah. It's a place for people to live. And if, uh, yeah, I mean, I sent you that, that uh, diagram. Yeah. I don't know if you got it, but, I mean, that's, that describes what the Bible's talking about pretty well. And um, so he made the, the rakia. And and but NASA gives us a different definition of the rakia, and what? but it's not NASA. It was the Freemasons from the Royal Society a few hundred years ago in England who came up with all this uh, scientific, you know, scientism. You could say the scientific lies of, about all kinds of things that have never been proven. Everything we think, everything modern man thinks about this universe is uh, a lie. Actually, that's, well, that's never for been sure. proven. Everything we think that's been proven has never been proven. We choose to believe it because of uh, our fallen state, because we want to live in a godless universe. So we choose to believe NASA instead of the Bible. And they and they brainwashed us from day one, or you know, from by the time we're five years old, they told us that if you believe in the creation account in the Bible, that kind of means you're stupid, right? I mean, that's basically what it is. That, that's what people believe, you know. It's like if you believe the Bible, don't don't you have a brain? Don't you understand all the great scientists have proven all these amazing scientific well, facts? I feel like all these disciplines came about just to dis, uh, disprove every single line, every yeah, single word. Totally. You know, nobody believed in the globe Earth until really until about 130 years ago because that's when they put the globes in the classrooms of public schools. That's kind of interesting. You know, the other thing was that <laughs> – you know, well, I didn't. I actually don't know if I believe in the. You know, whether it's not a globe or if it is globe. I don't know. All I know. No, is no, you don't look into it. Look into it. Yeah, that's all I say. But um, <laughs> the other thing in these verses is that the waters are above the heavens. So that, like, what you see in the sky above, are there waters above that? Like, is there? Well, there's. Um, let's see, waters above the expanse. Well, there is water above us. What happened? Because when it rains. The water comes from above us, right? Yeah, but it seems so like... Think about a, a, a guy living 4,000 years, 5,000 years ago. There's water falling down on them from the sky. There is water above us. Now, we, you know, it's in the clouds, I guess. Uh, but there is water are, above us. Yeah, but the way the Bible verses <laughs> sound, it sounds like we're like... Or like a Earth is like a cell in a body of water, like fluidly. Like, yeah. That's because because it's chaos. It was the deep. It was the uh, the void and the deep, and 
yeah, I mean, it's hard to understand. How can there be water above us? Wouldn't it fall down? Yeah. Um, you know, the, actually, the, the Jewish Bible translates rakia. No, no, I'm sorry. Um, well, that we haven't got to that word yet. Have, have we got to the word firmament? No. Um, no. Yeah, that's the word rakia. People, some, some, uh, some Bibles say firmament. Um, but this one, I think, is using the expanse instead. But it's so, dome. Uh, so, so, so they they say there's a dome. Yeah. So it's a dome. The sky is like a dome. But I think you know water. The thing about water, though, it can be a, in a gas state. It can be in a solid state. So right. if there's water above us, it would have to be lighter than the air, so it doesn't fall down all the time. Oh, I mean, look at a cloud. A cloud is essentially water in a gaseous yeah. state, and then it falls down on us from above. Or it could have a membrane about above all of the stuff that holds everything together. Exactly. Then, yeah. 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 Beyond that, we yeah. don't know. But we do know yeah. from the Great Flood, which is later on in the book, that waters were like unleashed from below and above to kind of cover the earth, mountains full of water. So that could have been a way, like a gate to open that up. Um, so I'm going to read from 9 through 10. Uh, God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, and God saw that it was good. So now ah, he... Ah, that's interesting. So there's where he created the sea. Yeah. Or he called them sea. And, and remember, God spoke the world, the world into existence. Right. Right, with the word. And then, you know, then you get into the Gospel of John, talking about the same kind of thing. So it's like, yeah, that's your... So God, God speaks things into existence. And this yeah, is the, where he's actually creating the topography of the entire earth, like the valleys, the seas, the mountains, you know, like all of the dynamics. Because remember in the very the second verse, it says the earth was formless and void. Ah, so now there's form. Yeah. And empty. And now he's putting all these little intricate pieces together on earth that makes it that. Beautiful. Yeah. Kind of ordering the waters, yeah. yeah. It's it's order out of chaos. Um, it's it's ordering the waters into certain places and calling it the sea. So now it's no longer this. Uh, un, you know, God is kind of uh, has the authority to to, to um, and and kind of God is like a king, really. Yeah, you know, he's he's the master of of the world and um, like the architect, the great architect is kind of yeah. like making deserts, rainforests, you know, all the different terrains that we have, the different. Yeah. So that, like, all came from nothing, you know, which he already established that he did. Yeah. So, like, and techni he, technically speaking, earth is, uh, means dry land. Like, when they say the word earth, because yeah. it says right in verse 10, he called the dry land earth. Right. So in the Bible, in the biblical sense, when we talk about earth or Eretz, it means dry land. And then the, the water is kind of a different word so it's not like the globe earth is earth it's more right. like the dry land is earth the whole yeah, thing's not earth point. so the whole thing's not earth like a different word for the there, there's earth and there's sea and those are two different things that yeah. in fact there, there's really no planets there's you know you don't see the creation of planets in genesis one the word planet is only used once in king james and it's actually kind of a mistranslation well, or it just means wandering star in other translations. I think they realize it means constellation. 
But anyway, the, there's no creation of planets in the Bible. There's no planets That's a good in the point Bible. Because it's strictly mentioned everything centered and created for Earth and around Earth, but it never mentioned like, oh, I'm going to create a whole solar system of other planets as we know. There's them. no planets. There's only one yeah. sun. There's only so there's only one sun, but there are stars, and the sun is not a star, and stars are not suns. Yeah, it's a source of light. Yeah. The moon and the, Earth, and the moon shines its own light. And if you think about it, you can. See, I saw it last night. Uh, planets are some of the brightest stars in the sky. Why are they so bright? Why is the moon so bright? Why are planets so bright? Well, the Bible actually answers that, so let's read on. The Bible answers it, but NASA has a different answer that makes no sense if you just observe and use your mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, they're lying about it. <laughs> sure. you, know, you know what they said? They said they, Jupiter was the first creation in the heavens uh so they center a lot around jupiter and they're really trying to get to mars you know so they're trying to create their own planet mars is the new earth the earth 2.0 once you know they're able yeah to and these are gods mars is like the god of war and uh yeah. but why why can why are they so bright well, I think in the Bible, one of the answers it says to give light to the earth, not to but the planets. Else. Why are the planets so bright? Why well, don't they shine in their own light? These planets. Pla I don't the word planet means planets. wandering star. They're star. Yeah. Planets are stars. Planets are stars. So you're right, though. <laughs> there are no other planets mentioned in the Bible, and they're not considered planets. So Mars is it? Earth a is not a planet a either. Well, earth is not a planet. What is what would Earth be? Because a planet is a star. We don't live on a star. No. Planet means wandering star. Okay. Planet. So the word planet. The word planet comes from the Greek word, which means to deceive. Oh wow. The word deception is a plane, or the root word is plane. Planet. Planet is a deceiving star, a wandering star, because they don't. They these are bright lights in the in the sky that don't follow the other stars. So they're kind of called, you know, the deception and error and uh, lies are all based on this word where we get the word planet in Greek. But that's what the <clears> scientists <throat> did, right? They created our solar system. They worship the planets as gods. Yeah, and Jupiter. And so, what do you, do you, do you what do you think Mars is actually? Are there other a star? It's a star. A star. So all of those are stars that they shine their own light. I mean, you can see it with your own eyes. Actually, it's I not a reflection you. of the sun. It's not a reflection of the sun. It's impossible. I watched your video on the moon, and I, and I, that was very riveting. I was thinking about putting that in there, but in that ear clip there, you actually talked about moon shining its own light. Do you remember that video? You can see it. You can see it with your own eyes. I saw it last night. That's not a reflection of the sun. There, there are times when the moon is shining and like it's a full moon, but the sun is in a totally different place. That it's impossible. That why, why would a ball of dirt shine so brightly? It's not made of glass. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just look at it and think. Forget about everything they told you and just think for yourself. Well, that's you know the I mean? part, you know, when you learn all this. We stuff. We didn't go. To, nobody went to the moon, right? Yeah. Everyone knows that. That I agree with because if we had them, there would have been McDonald's up there. And right? and nineteen six that that moon mission, supposed mission, that that moon hoax. That that's the first time they showed an image of the globe Earth ever, and that has been proven to be a hoax as well. So the first images of Earth from space were faked. 
why not just show us the real image if it's really a globe? They faked it. And every image of Earth from space since then has been fake. There are, there's never been a photograph of Earth from space taken, ever. Well, it seems like all the photographs ever. you take in space are CGI stuff. They're all, everyone, there's never been any photo of anything taken in space. There's, yeah. there's no evidence space even exists. I think space is more, is the most similar thing would be the abyss that is talked about here in verse two, the deep, the abyss, the, the bottomless pit. And that's an but evil. What would place. that look like? Dark, right? Because the only thing well, that are shining are all these. It's, uh, it's the abyss. And the, the abyss, that same word abyss, I might even write a book about I think the abyss is a very interesting topic. In Revelation 20, Satan is sent in, back into the abyss. Satan, Satan may have came uh, from the abyss. Hmm. That's what they're that's telling us the over and over. Being, um, well, we're, we're not, yeah, probably, probably. We're not exactly told. All right, probably. so let me read from 11 through 13. <laughs> well, that's a bigger topic to talk about, Satan. I, I it is, it is. A couple of podcasts by itself. Uh, so God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which their seed each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forward vegetation, plants yielding seeds according to their own kind and trees bearing fruit in which their seed each according to its kind. And God saw it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. So I think that's saying all these things took place in the daytime. Just like in the Bible, throughout the Bible, people work in the daytime, then they, you know, they rest at night, and the Sabbath was supposed to be done in the daytime. You don't need a Sabbath at midnight because you're sleeping anyway. You're like you're already resting. You don't need to tell people not to work at midnight because nobody's working anyway. They're sleeping. You can't you can't really observe the Sabbath while you're sleeping because you're sleeping anyway. You know what I mean? So so God is working in the daytime. And, right. and we kind of uh, we kind of do the same thing. And then, what came first, the uh, plants or the seed? What do you think? <laughs> like chicken and the egg story, right? I, I just realized this the other day because I was looking at Genesis two, which I think there's a, some slight differences in Genesis two, um, but the focus is different anyway. But it looks to me that the seeds, because it says, "Let the earth sprout Spreading. vegetation." So I yeah. think the seeds came first, to be honest. Well, no, the earth sprouted like vegetation sprouted, first. The way I read it, it seemed like it sprouted the plant, which then came with the seeds. But so, where did the plant come from? It says, let the earth sprout vegetation. So it seems like the earth sprouted the vegetation first. In the Well, it so, seems like he's know. just talking to, you know, he spoke things into existence. So he just yeah. said, like, but in Genesis two, it, it looked because it because it says there was no uh, there was no plant yet because it right. hadn't rained. So because it hasn't hadn't rained. Yeah. Well, the mist there was mist like when he was building the garden. But right now, all he's mm -hmm. doing is creating vegetation life. Right. It doesn't establish whether it needs to be water like that day. Right. Because this is the third day. So yeah, it doesn't tell us. But in six we can days. think about that in Genesis two. I think that it's it's a point that might come up in Genesis two. Okay, so we'll come back to this part. So right now, uh, he's saying that every plant seed is to its own kind, right? So no crossbreeding, basically. Yeah. Every which is kind of all they do now. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. See, you know, so, that's the thing is they have the power. They want the power of the gods, right? I mean, look at Monsanto and all these guys, and uh, yeah. it's amazing. I mean, there is there is a bit of. Uh, I mean, you. I mean, I mean, you know, there's a line that's crossed at some point. You know, I mean, at, on the one hand, you know, you can kind of be a, a farmer and all that stuff, and think about breeding but they're actually um they're changing the seeds yeah know? and that's what the genetic modified purposely is doing is trying to they get patents on all the changes that they make so mm -hmm. literally that's their mission for monsanto and others like them that they want to own every life in their own creation and get it patented including humans right yeah including humans see and god owns us god we are we're property the, the bible even uses the word slave we're property of God, but now they want, yeah, Monsanto wants to be God, and they changed their name briefly to Pharmakia, by the way, oh, really? which means wow. mag magic and sorcery and witchcraft. And, Isn't that uh, amazing? That, that was the name of the company for a while, yeah. yeah. After the Do merger. you think they know all the fibers? Oh, yeah. They're doing it on purpose, or they just yeah, yeah, yeah. They're 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 the they're the the seed of the serpent. Yeah, maybe you know, in a spiritual in a spiritual sense, yeah. Well, actually, that goes into chapter three. We'll hopefully we'll get there soon. So, um, okay, so we'll go fourteen through nineteen. And God said, "Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let there be signs, and for seasons, and for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth." Maybe I'll stop there. Um, so we talked about the. You know, all the lights, like you said, the moon generating and all the stars generating their own light. So their entire purpose was to give light on the earth, right? Because it's... Well, the, the I think, the, yeah, lights in the expanse. In the expanse is the uh, sky. Some yeah. some translations actually say sky um, of, of the heavens, the expanse, the, okay, to separate the day from the night. Um yeah, and let the, well, it says lights. So, what lights is he talking about? All the lights, because the stars don't really give us that much light. Um, and then yeah, God made the well. That's for. Do you want to read sixteen? Well, let me read the rest of it because I think that answers. Yeah, it. yeah. And it was so. And God made two great lights: the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. And then God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and separate the light from darkness. And God saw mm. it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the fourth day. Yeah, so the great lights, the two. there's two great lights. So the moon is a light, according to yeah. the Bible, and according to what you can observe, you know, because that that's not going to contradict anyway. We can observe the light in the sky. We can observe the moon shines a light, and it's a cool light. And um, now yeah. I don't know exactly how the moon works necessarily. I don't think anyone does, except for God. Um, well, it's kind of interesting you know. in saying it's two greater lights, so that means it has a source of power somehow. Like the sun, we can imagine from all the gaseous whatever, right, that it's like the hot light, the warm light. And then the cool light, you said, like the moon, um, yeah. which you know nothing about. Maybe it's just a big block of ice or something. That, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But then the stars, right? The stars are kind of at the end of it. 
Yeah. And um and also, you know, cuz the the pagans back then, the the people around Moses in, you know, the Egyptians and all these guys, they were surrounded by people with a totally different worldview. So the Hebrews, they needed to know this stuff. And and probably Moses wrote this, you know. I mean, we're not told yeah. exactly, I guess, but Moses probably wrote most of the first five books of the Bible <clears throat> for the most part and um so the, the Hebrews needed to know like how the world was created because they were surrounded by people who had different views and uh, they were worshiping these lights. But here it says God made the light and they're not named. Notice it doesn't say sun or moon. Those words are not used. So it's yeah. like it's because it, when you name things, it kind of gives them power. And, uh, you know, he doesn't even give a name to the sun or the moon, which are probably named later on somewhere in the Bible. but. Uh, Right here, it's just like, yeah, there's just lights. There are lights that God created for us, really, or, you know. Yeah, it doesn't so. say the sun or the moon, but I guess we're just so used to seeing. Well, we know it's the sun and the moon, but they're just not yeah. named. You know, it's right. it's kind of significant that he doesn't even give them a name. He just says they're two great lights. So that, And this is the, you know, the great light that George Carlin's worshiping. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It says here, God made the two great lights. Yeah. (laughs) And all the pagans in the past, there's so much sun worship. In fact, a lot of the, if you watch the movies and all the media, they always have sun worshiping idols throughout their symbolism. Well, even the the Olympics, you know, they, you know, the Olympic torch is lit from the sunlight. They they take this little thing out in the field in in Greece, in the same ancient uh, places they used to do that. And the Apollo, it's like the light of Apollo or something. And then they light the torch. You know, they always like their, they have their own light symbolism that they use, you know, and you see this in Kabbalah and all this stuff. They always talk about the great light, but it's a different, you know, it's it's different than than what we read here in the Bible. Um, so yeah, I mean that we can observe the lights in the sky. The, and the stars are lights in the sky. They shine their light and the planets are you see there's no planets mentioned, right? But yeah, the planets so are wandering right. stars. The planets are stars that that have their own light too. But it seems like he's creating them all <laughs> for a purpose for us, for earth, our earth. Nothing like he's not saying I'm going to do this for yeah. all the stuff in the solar system. It's to give light to earth, yeah. To, yeah, to, it's to, all back to us. And to light the earth, to light the earth, yeah. not to do anything else. And it doesn't talk about creating suns or planets anywhere else in the world, any in the universe. You know, it's all, there's this one world, which is, you know, the just other this thing one that world. In uh, verse 14, is he created the order of cosmos for time measurement. Like, because it says, I put suns yeah, calendars. Seasons, days, and years. So that's the first yeah. calendar system, right? Yeah, so- we get our year. The, you know, the sun travels in a certain. Uh, actually, that's well, that's a different worldview. But you know, the sun moves. Earth doesn't move, which yeah. we're told later in the Bible. The sun moves around, circles above us, and uh, gives us our seasons. You know, summer, winter, all that stuff. Signs and for seasons, it tells us right there. Right there, there's sign. The moon has its phases of the moon. And, you know, uh, I think that's so important that it's in there at all is because of all this climate change agenda they've been trying to push the world into, kind of lying that somehow, you know, the planet is going to go into chaos with all this stuff to change the the seasons, the time and all of that stuff. And it, to me, it says like God is in control of all of that. And 
he created all of that. So it, it, there's no way Earth is going to be in the climate chaos like they're trying to portray. God is going to, you know, destroy the world and recreate it. And um, nothing else will destroy the world and exactly. recreate it. They're trying to destroy the world and recreate it themselves or something, it seems like. but. Yeah. Uh, well, they're terraforming the yeah. earth or something. So I'm going to read 20 through 23. Uh, God said, let the waters swarm with the swarms of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves in which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. So now we got all the sea creatures and birds. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's some kind of uh, parallelism with, um, you know, day, day one, day one, two, and three, and then day four, five, and six have a certain connection, which, um, you know, but we don't need to get into that, I guess. Yeah, that might take a little uh, longer to. <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty straightforward, I, I think, what you just that, read there. there. There's a word for that, what you just said. Um, there's another. Yeah, passage. I mean, there's all kinds of deeper uh, stuff. if you Deeper connections you know, and interconnections. Yeah, there right? are. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so let me go through the 24 to 25. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And then God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. I love this paragraph. And you know why? Why? Because all of the stuff they've been talking about to get rid of animal husbandry, the cattle, mm. all the livestock, they want to get rid of that. Because yeah. they're saying that meat was bad. You know, they don't want, it's bad for the earth, bad for the planet. You know how they're making the cow fart bags to control the methane <laughs> that comes out of them and all kinds of crazy <laughs> things. And what are they trying to make us eat? Bugs. So I love that it's saying that I specifically created livestock and, and it mentions other beasts, yeah. other animals, you know, separate from them. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, you know, at, you know, Adam and Eve were basically, uh, you know, supposed to, they were supposed to take care of the animals, take care of the earth. Right. And, um, so yeah, he created these things for us and, uh, but why say livestock? Yeah. It just said well, that's the English. Well, that's the English translation. Yeah, you, you really have to look up um, the Hebrew uh, beast, animal, cattle, uh, living creatures other than man. Yeah, you'd have to kind of get in there and. Um, so you don't think that in the well, it might. Yeah, there's see that's where the Hebrew comes. You got to look at the Hebrew for that, and um, and even that there's you know there's so many things that especially with animals there's a lot of Hebrew words that even the uh, you know the experts they're not quite sure what these words mean actually um, in Hebrew and ancient God. Hebrew you know but livestock you, you're going to see different translations I think um, for that it word in different so, but I, I feel like with what he's trying to what God is trying to convey that message to us 
because yeah absolutely leaders. yeah yeah these are these right. are yeah i mean absolutely uh, even if it's just chickens or something you know right. they're still collecting the eggs and um yeah they they were they were uh, i mean we we see yeah this yeah definitely i it doesn't change what you're saying at all yeah so but I'm yeah really yeah grateful i mean for this passage because it kind of dispels a lot of the lies that bill gates and his cohorts are trying to do right now in our age time you know or to get rid of all the i think all the farmers could appreciate that that we're meant to have cattle we're meant to have yeah. animal husbandry yeah you can see they have different lies for every single day of creation yeah right every single day of creation they have their own take on it and their own and it's almost like the exact opposite like their own evil agenda yeah associated to undo and, and maybe they're trying to undo the creation kind of one at a time you know let's undo this uh exactly you know, or at least there's a lie associated with everything and kind of they're trying to corrupt and destroy what god created um, that's exactly it and i think they're trying to make god a liar you know like this, this is not the way it's supposed to be yeah um, oh let me say before i forget you know my, one of my uh my wife's cousin came over the other day and she was saying, you know, I just can't, uh, I don't believe God created the world in seven days. Like, so she, she, so she doesn't, she's like George Carlin, basically. Like yeah. you meet these George Carlin kind of people all the time and they just can't even get past Genesis one right. first chapter. They can't even get through it. They, they read it and then they stop and that's exactly what they want. Right. So, so maybe they're kind of also focusing their lies especially to make sure people can't even read chapter one of the bible to keep to keep reading you know they want yeah. people to stop reading right away so. no that's true because you kind of have to like believe god or you don't when you can't get past it it's it's like they just throw out yeah. the book you know uh okay so i'm going to read 26 through 28 the god said let us make man in our image after <laughs> our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heaven, over the livestock and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created man in his own image and the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. This is your best work. All the stuff that you do. To dispel all the lies with all that trans, um, you know, community. The well, that's, you know, here's the thing. They're trying to, uh, where's, uh, let's see here. Um, God created man, male and free. Okay, that's why, you know, they're at the end of the last word of verse 27, male and female, he created them, yeah, right? Yeah. That's why they have the, now they're saying one person can use them as a pronoun. Yeah. Which is insane, and even in the Hebrew, you, you can't do it. I, I've even read a uh, commentary by a you know a, a well-known a Jewish scholar. In his commentary, he said, "There's no way the Hebrew can be read to say that Adam was androgynous. There's no way, even in the Hebrew, like there's no way." But that's what Judaism teaches. Judaism and people don't know this, but. Judaism teaches that Adam was both male and female. Yeah. And they use this verse. They use this verse and there's an I think there's one in chapter 5 they use and uh, you know it's 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 insane. Like like I mean like we're what I'm learning today even it's just or re reminded of today it's it's people will believe whatever they want regardless of what the yeah, words actually say. Right there. <laughs> it's like <laughs> 
And, and why they just, like, yeah. we are in God's you can twist image. it. Yeah. Well, then he said, because it says male and female, he created them. And they're like, oh, look, they're all, they're all transvestites. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, we there's believe. one man and one woman. That's why it's them, because there's more than one person. <laughs> yeah. That's why they use the whole pronoun thing, right? She, they, them, like. It changes, it changes our concept of what it means to be human. That's what, really what's going on now is a big part of their mission now is to, they have to redefine our concept of what it is to be a human. And they're trying to get us back to this androgyny thing. So, and then that, that kind of separates us from that takes, you know, that turns us into an abomination in, you know, transvestite is an abomination. Yep. It does say yeah. that later on, Many but the, times, yeah. the world is recreating God's image into satanic image. I think the abyss, the abyss. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to make us all, uh, yeah, an abomination. It's an abomination agenda. Really, is what's going on. Uh, yeah, the beauty that God created is no, it's not going to look beautiful anymore. I think humans, if you keep letting them go to the nth degree of everything they want to do to themselves. I think they're going to be the most hideous creatures looking away from what God. I see some of them. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, you know, so there's a lot of deep things in this chapter, in this uh, passage as well, like verse 26, who's us? Let right. us make man in our own image. Who's us? Who's he I talking to? That's the question that I wanted to know too, because I is is that saying the Trinity is there? God. That's one. That's one view. But I, yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think it's that though. I think it is the uh, what they call the divine council, which are you know they're they're the the spiritual beings, which you see in Hebrew is is called Elohim in the plural, and the grammar changes, and sometimes God is called Elohim singular. And um, you mean so God the, and his angels and all the angels, his angels yeah, angels, yeah, yeah, it's us, yeah, he's uh, so it means that he's kind of already created the angels, and we're told in Job, the angels watched, the angels were there with God when he created the world, watching, mm -hmm. so he's he's basically talking to the angels, but then, but, but God, God is the one who creates us in verse 27. It says, So God created man, it doesn't say the angels created man, no, or they, it doesn't they say the angels any... helped. He's just talking to them. It's like if it's like if I said, Hey, let's order a pizza, we're not all going to order the pizza, yeah. one person will order the pizza. And <laughs> doesn't it also imply then if the angels are you know exactly what you're saying, uh, that angels are also in the image of God, right. Because he said, let us... Well, I don't know if it tells... Uh, oh, in our... Yeah, 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 yeah. So that means all of his creation is at the image of God. And it's not just physical appearance they're talking about. They're talking uh -huh. about, you know, our mental, our our heart, our mind, our all these kind of things, our soul. Yeah, yeah. And 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 well, really, like, who who are human beings? We're supposed to be representing God here on earth, like a king. And, you know, we're... we're we're all kind of supposed to be like uh, regents, vice regents, or whatever you want to call it, um, and priests. A priest uh, represents God to other people, a real priest. Not forget about Catholic priests and all that, but, uh, you know, we're supposed to be um, representing God on earth, represent our king, you know. And also um, all our skills and kingdom. talents, 
represent God as well because he's, yeah, oh he's, yeah, our gifts, he's a yeah, spiritual engineer, gifts. He's a physicist. He's a gardener. He's yeah, you know, all these attributes that you already know just from one chapter. We kind of individually embody parts of that, you know, as our professions and stuff. Yeah, but, our spiritual gifts come from yeah. God. Right, and this is a kingdom. He's creating a kingdom here, actually, and and yeah. and a temple. The entire world, and in, in the end of Revelation, you see the entire world will be a temple. What what is a temple? A temple is where you uh, meet with God. And it's not just a building. Through yeah. some of the Psalms, they it also says like the animals, all the like the sea creatures and stuff, everything, even the sun and the moon, mm. worship God. Like yeah, yeah, so yeah, so so the Garden of Eden was a temple. Yeah, and, and Adam was a king and a priest, and that's and we're all supposed to be like that. But then they let the they were deceived by the serpent from the abyss, and yeah. um, so let me you know, evil. Uh, they let evil come into the world. They let chaos into the order. Well, the I mean? fall so, of man introduced it, but we'll talk about that uh, next chapter. But everything we are as as people, as human beings, was created by God. Our personalities, our everything, yeah. our ideas, our ability to think. Um, so I think that's what this image is talking about. You know, yeah, exactly. That's how God. I interpret it too. That and, uh, our reflection is everything that God is. Like we're kind of like parts of God split up into billions of beings. You know, and but then they want to change. They want to change that as well. Just like the seeds, yeah. the GMO seeds. They want to make GMO humans, and they kind of are already. And they want to turn us into GMO androgynous uh aliens you know who are not from this world really um yeah, i think you know, abominations use the genetic modifications of humans so that started yeah. well they're doing it already they just have to kind of yeah. bring it out into the open a bit and then people will accept it because you know people want to become gods or their own gods at least people want to decide uh, what's good and evil for themselves not we don't want to obey our king right yeah. it's a kingdom a kingdom has land and people and it has the boss and it has the subjects and uh adam and eve failed to obey their king their okay. creator so we'll uh finish this chapter and that's all we get on humanity so this is like the the main focus of chapter one is the world you know creation of wow. earth and heaven the earth and the sky so the humans just get kind of a brief mention here, but then in Genesis 2, that's the main focus. Yeah, it's kind of like he um, gave us an overview on one, and then he goes into more detail in chapter 2 on like very explicit ways of what, and creating man, Adam and Eve. So let me read the rest of this, and it looks like we're already hour and a half so I don't know if you want to continue wow. chapter two next time. Or time flies. Let's just finish yeah. chapter one this time. Yeah, that, that'd be a good start. Otherwise, it gets too long, and even, you know, nobody will have time to watch it. No, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's already, yeah, it'll be too long. Um, so, let yeah, they do kind of tend to, you know, not watch after half an hour or so. But I hope this was interesting enough anyway. And I think it's a good what we did here today is pretty good to be able to talk about this because a lot of people probably never even heard. You know, and it's one of these chapters. I mean, you can just keep going over it and reflecting upon it. And uh, mm -hmm. my views about it keep changing, you know. And uh, Yeah, I think I read it so many times and I'm always learning every time I see it. Yeah. But let's finish the chapter. Um, yeah. Where are we at now? 28? Yeah. So God bless them. 
And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish and the sea, over the birds of the heavens and every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with the seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth and everything that has breath of life. I have given every green plant for food and it was so. And God saw that everything that he made and behold, it was very good. And then there was an evening and there was morning the sixth day. We can even actually, if you want to go through verse three and chapter two, if you want, because that that's really, I think that's really kind of the end of uh, the section. Oh, yes, you know what I mean? right. Because that's the seventh day. Yeah. So thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and rested on the seventh day from all his work he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy because on it, God rested on all his work and he had done in in creation. Yeah. But so, I mean, um, I think the other, the sick, the, uh, what he says there, he's given us, uh, you know, you shall have them for food, right? So that kind of goes back to your idea, talking about um, things, you know, the plants and all these things, the vegetation were given to us as food. And now they're trying to change that. They're trying to change the seed. Just think of how many times the word seed pops up it, just in the yeah. first few chapters of Genesis. It's, it's a major theme. Uh, it's, a, it's a major theme throughout the Bible, really, especially You're in right. Genesis, and it's like, the word seed. And they're changing all the seeds. That's what they're doing. Yeah. That's also establishing his genetic code, his genetic material that he purposely put in every life, you know, with, in its own kind. And actually, the Greek, the Greek for that word is uh, sperma, you know. We get the word, you know, sperma. And the other thing <laughs> he did here is he said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. What greatest lie that we're being told right now that, there's overpopulated. Yeah. You see so many, there's so much genocide in the Bible too. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, the, the Pharaoh was trying to kill the Israelites because that's the, it says the Israelites were overpopulated then too. Yeah. So really we have the spirit of the Pharaoh. Pharaoh is kind of like an antichrist. Yeah. So we have that same spirit going on now. You know, that's what they literally said that, oh, there's too many Israelites. They're overpopulated. We have to kill them. And, um, and that's that theme over arid. and over in every movie. I mean, gosh, I could spend years just collecting all the overpopulation. Oh, they're all about um, yeah. a, a, the the, the post-apocalyptic uh, dystopian, you know, it's like The Walking Dead, basically, you know, is the, right. you know, and then there's, there's like these zombies or whatever. There's always some kind of strange things going on, but there's always just a few. There's like a a hundred people left on earth and they have to survive. You know, it's just like, there's so many, Crazy. so many movies like that. It's yeah. They're, I mean, they have, the, it's such a powerful weapon. They have this mass media. So powerful. It's hard. It's hard to fight against it. You know what I mean? And also you have the fallen, fallen, fallen human heart. You know, the, the people yeah. who believe this, they, people are, I think to a certain extent, people choose to believe the lie. Oh, for you know, sure, because um, there are so many choice. people just on this subject alone of overpopulation, they totally believe it. So, like, people yeah. say families, married um, families that want maybe more than two or three children, 
you know how hard it is for them to even think or conceive to have as many children as they want as here kind of created a society that it's it's hard to uh you know it's expensive and difficult for people to raise children and then the, these schools you put them in are just indoctrinating them yeah. and uh you know it used to be where uh, you want to have as many children as possible because they're going to help you around the farm or whatever you know there's, there's going to be uh it's going to be beneficial and you're going to be prosperous but now it's it's like they they kind of tell us and they kind of set up a society where that's that's anti children and um the fem you know the feminism and all this kind of stuff and the uh and killing the, babies uh, is like the promiscuity crazy. you know all this all these messages they give us were always anti-family anti-monogamy you know but uh, here you know this homosexuality. is a blessing you notice that it is a blessing yeah bless them so that means if they have this fruitful family and it seems like with every child, it's going to be a blessing for that family, right? Because I yeah. don't think God can bless and say, go and be fruitful and multiply and then have that hardship, like what people are always afraid of, you know? Like, I can't have more children right now, and I'm going to get an abortion, or I don't want more than two children, I want an abortion. Yeah. You know, things like that, that oh, I yeah. feel like they're always going against what God had originally ordained for them. And the pagans were doing that. The pagans were into, you know, child sacrifice and yeah. uh, uh, creating eunuchs and transvestites. That's kind of their main abominations. And God, see, God's always trying to protect His people from the uh, the evil in the world, right. and from the which you know, even the the abyss type of stuff, the chaos. And uh, that's what the you know the Israel Israelites were kind of taught to to be separate from the evil people around them who were practicing all these abominations and um and and we're practicing those same abominations today yeah you know right this is unfortunate. child sacrifice yeah transvesticism those are like the two main evil things going on and then everything like we just talked about changing the seeds it's man trying to become god and it's really just probably satan orchestrating the whole thing uh, deceiving people. War against God and, you know, against everything that he created. And the other thing here, if you notice that this was all vegetarianism, no killing of animals until hmm. after the fall in the next few chapters. But up until now, yeah, I think everybody so. was just it seems like it. stuff. I, th I think the vegetation back then had a lot more protein. Yeah. Or it was, it was because this is before the flood even. I think after the flood, it may have changed. Uh, you know things on the world on the earth as well and and also also uh, after the fall as well but there was probably i mean it was just um you didn't need to eat meat back then you had the the food and there was yeah. just trees producing food and fruit and there was probably a lot healthier people um you know adam and eve still lived to be like a thousand years old right 900 years oh. old and um yeah i'm I thinking think the was, atmosphere was probably a lot different where they mm. could live longer, everything they ate was completely healing. Well, they weren't even going to die, I think, originally. Yeah. They, if they kept, uh, you know, eating from the, the tree of life or whatever, right. um, you know, they could have probably uh, been sustained forever if they wanted to, but they uh, blew it. And um, then he ended the seventh day to make it holy mm. as rest. 
and that was yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I mean that's a whole other topic as well. The Sabbath, you know, what does that mean for us today, and um, what's that all about? It's kind of that's that's a that's, so a, that's his, a topic I've changed my mind on many times. <laughs> his seventh day, do you think it's a Saturday or a Sunday? Yeah, I think it's Saturday. I think I think Sunday was Saturday. the first day. Okay. Um, I don't know if you, I, I mean, it's hard to tell, I guess. I don't know how you'd prove that, but I think. It's um, probably in the Bible somewhere else. Yeah. The, okay. I mean, the, yeah, it was, it was Saturday, uh, the seventh day. And, um, you know, some, you know, there is a thing where the, the, throughout the calendar, like the, the moon is probably created on the, like the fourth day would have been Wednesday. And we do see most of the time, I, it may even be all the time, but the, uh, the new year begins usually on a Wednesday yeah. in, in the spring. You know, but yeah, it's the seventh day. And then, you know, Jesus kind of reinterpret, you know, what happened is they got all legalistic and they still are right the, the, in Judaism, but the, uh, they got really legalistic about the Sabbath and they kind of missed the whole point of it, which was, was to, rest. and Jesus healed people. Yeah. And then the Jews are like, oh, you're working. It's like, it's like, no, you're missing the whole point. Yeah. Healing is a good thing. You right. Know? And so that's why the, even these days I used to think, well, I shouldn't go to the gym on Sabbath, but now I'm thinking, well, it's probably, it's, it's, it's probably a good thing to do maybe. Right. Well, you're, you're, you're healthy, healthy, your own health, health, because even just that. getting out of bed is work, right? right? You could say, you know, if you just took it to its logical conclusion or illogical conclusion, oh, just getting out of bed is work. So you have to just lay in bed comatose all day. Yeah, which is crazy. It's like no, I there think they could cook. Where they didn't even want to push like elevator buttons to get to their floor. Oh, they have all these rules, and it's insane. It is missing the whole point. Missing the whole yeah. point. It's a day to be refreshed and to be healthy, and um, and then you know they did, you know the Christians uh, changed it to Sunday. Probably, apparently, there's a book I haven't read it yet. Kind of that gets into the details of how that happened, and um, you know. It, I mean, it's a new covenant, right? Jesus, yeah. a lot of things changed with Jesus. A lot of things I'm changed. I'm grateful for. <laughs> yeah. So and it doesn't mean the Sabbath is a bad thing or the the Mosaic covenant is not a bad thing. You know, it's it's just that uh, Jesus kind of uh, was, it's the new covenant. And um, he's the he's the real that. interpreter. Yeah, he's the real interpreter of, of the law right. and of the Ten Commandments. And uh, it is one of the commandments, right? The Sabbath. Um, in, in all, all nine, nine of the 10 commandments are repeated in the, in the new Testament in, in the new covenant, except for that one, but Jesus talks about it. So it's kind of reinterpreted. So in a way, I, I don't know. I think it kind of is repeated as well. I, I it is repeated. Like they is, talk about it. I think the reason why it might be taken out is because Jesus represents the Sabbath, the, the rest. Yeah. We're supposed to yeah. rest. In him. Hebrews talks about that. Yeah. yeah, Hebrews talks about that, and and Jesus talked about the Sabbath. So in a way, I think it it is repeated. I think it's just uh, yeah. maybe in, in a less literal way or more spirit. It's spiritualized. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do you want to so, summarize the whole chapter and and then maybe close with a prayer? Who me? Yeah. You. Well, like yeah, like I said before, I think it's just if you look at the introduction, verse one. God in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Having the heavens as a sky, and that's basically what happens. You know, we're told that God. We're told kind of, uh, you know, day by day, we're given the week. By the way, the week, the seven day week that we still follow today, 
is given to us here in the Bible, right? So we still follow the seven-day week system. And I think there were different cultures in the past who had different types of weeks or something, you know? So that's kind of interesting. And uh, it's just foundational, you know? And even at its most basic level, we see, you know, who created the world? God created the world. Yeah. Like, that's one of the main points that many people uh, miss. And, um, and I, you know, for me, I, I grew up not believing this stuff and I rebelled against it. I was rebelling against God, you know, and I avoided it. And, um, but I think, I think at a certain point, God kind of calls us, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you try to wake people up and all that stuff. Well, it's, you know, they're not, no one's, no one listens to me, you know? <laughs> I mean, no, you know, it's like you're, you, you want to just like, Hey, people wake up, you know? And I, I had a friend, uh, 25 years ago, he was, he, he was all into, he said, oh man, dinosaurs are fake. Evolution is a hoax. All he, And he sent me all this stuff. And I was like, I just wasn't interested at the time in that topic. You know, I just didn't get it. And he was now, now I get it. Now I get it later on. But, um, so sometimes people, a lot of people have woken up to this stuff a long time ago, but I think it has to do with pride. And, um, so a bit of humility is needed. And, uh, you know, human beings, we can just be so arrogant and so prideful and thinking that we know it all. And, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, it's just an attitude, you know, uh, you know, I, I just, I try to approach the Bible with a, I mean, it just, it just moves me somehow. Right. I just, I just see it as, is true. It sounds true to me. It feels true. And I feel God speaking through the Bible. And, uh, there are people out there who, you know, they, they think the Bible is some kind of hoax or something. It's like, no, they they let the Bible exist. Like they say, why would they let the Bible exist? Even like, shouldn't they burn it all? Well, they let it exist because now we can choose. It's like a test. We can choose. To, it's if it if they burned all the Bibles and we didn't have it, then uh, we couldn't really rebel against it. You know what I mean? Like they have to let it exist so that we can be guilty of disobeying it or something like that. You know. Or to know the truth, because I think God knew that the world in its fallen state were going to be nothing but lies. So who was going to tell you the truth? Yeah. Yeah. Our God, I mean, our God gives us a book. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, that's great. And then, but most people don't even read it or believe it. Isn't that amazing? So yeah, they don't need to burn the Bibles, although they probably will. I mean, there are places where they're they're making a case for it. Yeah. It'll be considered hate speech, right? They are actually but, uh, doing exactly. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But in well, the meantime, you. they've brainwashed people so they don't even believe it anyway. You know. Well, that's the sad part. But like you said, God calls us, and you know, like it, it does take time to understand the Bible. I didn't understand it right oh, yeah. from the get go. It took me more than a decade to kind of <laughs> marinate in all of this. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, it's written in. It's a, you know, like like what we're reading here. You know, Moses lived what thousands of years ago, right. and or uh, Abraham and all these guys um, th- thousands of years ago in a different culture, different language. It's, and they were uh, speaking directly yeah. to God. Like we don't have that. We have yeah. Bible and His Word, but we don't. We didn't have like in the Garden of Eden. God was yeah. walking with Adam and Eve. You know, and He was. But talking that's how it ends, though. Is, that's the future. We will have that again. We will have this. Uh, well, and all the yeah, restoration, we, yeah. But yeah. this gives us a glimpse of what it was like, you know, what we missed yeah. out on. 
Yeah, so. and this yeah, and I guess chapter two and three kind of tell us more about the fall, the fall yeah. of man and all that stuff. Kind of why, you know, why is there death? I mean, everybody dies. People will say, Oh, you know, there's a tragedy and someone died young. Well, people die old too. I mean, everyone's gonna die at some point. And uh but why you know, we were told where why death entered the world and all this kind of stuff. And uh and yeah, and we're told that Je- you know, Jesus has overcome death. That's the thing. Yeah. Like George Carlin doesn't get it. It's like, no, this all these problems have actually been solved, not fully yet necessarily, but the kingdom is coming. The the new kingdom will come on earth as in heaven, right? So it's yeah. like that's the faith. We have faith in something that we don't see. We have faith in a future event, and that's faith, you know? It's like uh, and faith he, in he believes in the sun. He's saying is true. Like you said, it resonates true with you, resonates true with me, you know, as I read it. That's why it's not hard for me to dispel other things as, you know, beliefs when I read this, because this is, oh, okay, this is exactly, it makes sense, it's true. And I, I guess through faith, that's the only way I could say it's true, right? Because um, you yeah. can't. Those that don't believe it, they're gonna say, "Oh, it's just text. It's just words in a, you know." Book. But if you look at these people, um, a lot of them are involved in things, you know, that you would call sin. They they enjoy their sin, right? They enjoy it, so they don't want to believe in God. Obviously, they're right. They're just gonna come up with any excuse not to read this book because yeah. they want to sin. <laughs> That's the you know, and really. <laughs> yeah, that's the bottom line for them, right? They just want what they want. And I'm not talking about just, you know, accidental sinning. You know, there's people who actually enjoy it and make a lifestyle out of it deliberately. You know, Well, actually, God does say that they love the darkness over the light. That they, like, yeah. They yeah. There's people. We live, we live around these people. I used to be one of them, really. I was like that. I mean, I grew up, you know, rebelling against God and wanting to be my, doing my own thing and whatever, you know. I think uh, we all were until we were shown yeah. the way. I think we're all yeah, yeah. Know, until God kind of well, God takes us out of Babylon. You know, yeah. God calls us out, just like Abraham or these guys. And uh, yeah, and, and I think some people may just you know they're just never gonna they're never gonna come around. There's wheat and tares, right? Someone's got to be the tare. Yeah, I guess, right? in the I next mean, chapter it talks about the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. Which, um, which uh, that's, that's, actually, that's a very interesting there. topic right there. Yeah, the yeah. serpent seed. You know, a lot of Bible scholars use that phrase, serpent seed. Right. But I think it's kind of a, a spiritual thing. Although, and then there's other people who think it's a literal thing. <laughs> well, you know, after yeah. that, I was, when I was reading that today, I was a little bit confused myself. Like, what? Is there a satanic seed? Like, are they creating? Is there another race? Well, Genesis 6, we get a bit of that in Genesis 6, I think. Uh, Well, I would definitely love to continue with this with you, uh, if you're willing. If Uh, you want to, yeah. I mean, we could do this uh, again next week, like like weekly for a while until you want to stop. Yeah, that uh, would be great because Genesis Get up through like Genesis 6, I think. And then there's a lot of interesting things. I mean, like for me, I kind of lose interest about the first half, after the first half of Genesis. It's not, it's, but maybe that's just me, you know, but like, uh, it's very interesting and compelling for me up through the Abraham story. Yeah. And then after that, it's like, 
you know, then you get into all this other stuff and it gets uh, it's a bit well, long. Well, maybe we can go <laughs> a little faster towards the last stuff because there's some interesting stuff in the last There is, yeah. yeah. Is, isn't all that craziness with the Nephilims and... That's Genesis 6. Oh, okay. And then, and I then think you get the Tower of Babel and all that yeah. stuff and the, fl the flood. Right. Where the waters of chaos return, where God brings the abyss back to destroy the world. So so in a way you, you have God doing some genocide, right? Yeah. <laughs> Killing the well, evil. Well, look at the, the word the genocide. What do you think that is? Isn't Genesis, it? genocide. Well, the word gen, G-E-N, is kind of means seed and all um, this stuff. There's, there's genetic. There's so many words related to that word. Yeah, it's the G-E-N root, root word, um, genetic, genetic, genesis, yeah. genocide, all this gene. Yeah, it's it's all related to kind of seed, seed. I think life. that's another thing we can continue on. Yeah, so Generation. I would finish as much as the book as you want to finish. Because um, I know that Genesis is a pretty difficult book to get through. Definitely weekly would be awesome. So do you want to close with a prayer? Yeah. Father, God, thank you for this opportunity to study your word. And, uh, you know, please help us uh, be able to hear your word and uh, understand what you want us to understand and touch us in our hearts. It's about all I got to pray for right now. So, amen. <laughs> amen. You I'm know, not good at doing public prayer. <laughs> well, when two believers are gathered together, God is with us. So, I think it's good to pray. Plus, I think God already answered one of my prayers where, like I said, I was trying to do these series for quite a while and nobody wanted to start with Genesis and you showed up to want to do this. So I'm truly grateful. For yeah, that. I think like pastors and stuff, they're probably kind of busy doing their, you know, doing their yeah. job at their church and they're, they're kind of responsible probably for their flock and uh, just don't have the time or the resources to uh, right. do side projects. You know what I mean? Maybe. Um, but so, so we'll you know, continue. I'm just kind of an amateur, you know, an amateur uh Bible, no, I love uh, your perspectives. You always right. have something interesting in your, even your latest podcast. I uh, saw on Kennedy and his wife. That was amazing. I think you ended with a uh, Bible verse there too. Good to gather together and be able to do this. So I'm grateful for that. And uh, we'll continue. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of in a, a war, you know, you could say spiritual warfare. Yeah. So it's... Uh, you know, and learning, I'm still learning how to, how to engage in this battle, you know, and it's a, more of a spiritual war. So I think we're already engaged, whether we like it or not, because <laughs> honestly, I never thought I would be doing these podcasts, but here I am. So thank you. Yeah, me and, too. Uh, All right. Great. Until next time. All right. Thank you. All right. Have a good week. Yeah. Next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you.